difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is the painful experience that you refuse to endure. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us this week. And we are in our Easter series, and uh, we had a guest speaker this week from Reliance Church in Temecula, California, uh, Pastor Ted Leavenworth, and he taught on John chapter 21, uh, entitled, What Race Has God Marked Out for You? And so if you missed that message, really good message, get over to whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there. And of course, any of our streaming platforms, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and podcasting platforms that you might enjoy listening to. And of course, we just love for you to interact with the content any way you can, whether that's just right now, subscribing, giving us a thumbs up, sending a comment, question, whatever it may be, or rating and reviewing on any of the other podcast apps. And that certainly certainly helps us out, helps us this, you know, what we're trying to do here is to, to provide gospel-centered, Christ-centered answers to questions people might be typing into their search engines and, you know, especially around this time, what does Easter mean? What, what does God want for me? What is this all, you know, where am I going in my life? And, and, uh, and so we can be able to provide those kind of answers for them. And so we found ourselves in John chapter one, of course, is a post-resurrection meeting of, of, of Jesus and the disciples. And, you know, first of all, we, we, we find Jesus there meeting his disciples. It's kind of almost a, 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 a redo of what happened when, when Jesus first called Peter. You know, he meets them again and say, hey, Peter, go out. They've been fishing all night. Peter's like, you know, what, you know, of course, he's wondering what happened. They're still probably in kind of the stupor of what has happened. They're the one they've been following for three years has just been brutally crucified and, and now his, his body's disappeared. And, you know, probably all those things that Jesus said were like ruminating and now he appears to them and, and, uh, and Peter's like, and Jesus is like, again, go out, cast your nets and, and they catch those 153 fish. And then Jesus cooks up a great breakfast for them. And then of course, uh, you know, the, the interaction, the, 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 three times that Jesus talks to Peter about, um, you know, do you love me? And, and just the, the Greek, the Greek words for, for love. And, and that was a great, you know, basically mirroring the three times that Peter had, you know, denied Jesus, Jesus and asked him those three questions. And that, that's just a great interaction. And then of course it finishes with, which kind of speaks to a little bit about the title of, you know, Peter, you know, Jesus speaks to the road that was marked for Peter. This is this is the path that God has for you. And Peter's like, well, what about John? What, you know, and Jesus is like, well, it's, it's not for you to know what's going to happen to John. And so that was just a great, great sermon, great way, you know, one of those post-resurrection meetings. But what we wanted to look at today and kind of... Um, kind of stew on maybe a little bit is just a phrase that Pastor Ted uh, spoke about towards the end of the message. And uh, I just wanted to kind of talk about this because it was a great, great thing. And everybody talked about this particular phrase. And that is the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is the painful experience that you refuse to endure. And so we just want to talk about that a little bit today. What, what, you know, there's so many things to, um, pack there especially mm-hmm. it just seems to 
you know, resonate, you know, but it's like, ouch, you know, <laughs> I wish it didn't have to happen, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good phrase. And I mean, I think that that's, that's true. Like oftentimes God is calling us into things that, um, to do that step, take that step of faith is going to involve some degree of pain, hardship, etc. And yet, uh, if we take the short-term view, it says, well, I don't want to endure the pain that's going to be or the difficulty of, of that thing, then we miss out on what could happen. Um, I, remember, I remember talking to a friend who, um, you know, he was a bit older than me. This was when I was younger. And I got married fairly young, had kids fairly young. And he was like, how could you do that? Like, it just seems like such a such a burden, right? To like be married, have kids. And I said, yeah, but you don't understand. Like the reason people do this is not because it's like a bummer. The reason people do it is because yes, there's a lot of work involved. You know what? And your heart, you'll be more hurt in these relationships than in any other relationship in your life. And yet the highs are higher as well, right? You get to experience a depth of love um, that you would have never never experienced otherwise. And I I think that that's true in many areas of life. I think that you can see that, like I always talk about Hebrews chapter 12, right? It says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross and despised its shame. But think about that. In order for him to take hold of that joy, he had to go through the process of the cross, which is clearly a process that he would have preferred to avoid, right? We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, And yet he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And as a result, he got to experience the joy and the glory. Well, in the same way, I mean, I think that um, any process of growth that God calls us into will involve some degree of pain, even if it's just the pain of humiliation or humility that comes through learning something, acknowledging that you didn't know something or that process of learning, that, that can be a painful process, even in its easiest forms. But you think about other things, you know, Think about, you know, starting, we're in a church that was started, it was planted um, some years ago. And I've been through the process of planting a couple churches. And I got to tell you, that's a hard slog. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. It's frustrating, difficult, fear. There's a lot of, I don't say, there's trepidation, maybe not fear, but I mean, there's trepidation. What if this doesn't work out? What if we prayed? What if we heard God wrong? You know, he wanted us to go to, Albuquerque, we went to Timbuktu, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot in there. And yet, as you walk with God and as you're led by the Spirit, um, you know, you don't get to experience other things unless you go through those hardships. So I think it's a great point. I was thinking about some people in the Bible who went through hard things in order to attain what God had called them to do. I think about Jonah, right? So initially runs away. And Jonah's a great story too. And I'll tell you why in a second. But um, he runs away to avoid the hard thing God is calling him to do. In the end, God, of course, brings him back Mm -hmm. to the shore. He gets barfed up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And then he ends up, but the hard thing, what is it? Walking to Nineveh, the fear of facing these people who don't like people like him, uh, of preaching this message, et cetera. There's a lot of hardship and difficulty and pain involved in this. But here's why Jonah's such a, such a, brilliant story too, is because in his rebellion against God, he also suffered, right? He suffers these storms, difficulties at sea. He suffered the inner turmoil of knowing that he was disobeying God. 
And of course, you know, the turmoil of, of the sea and the fish and all that stuff. Right. So I think that's an interesting point to bring yeah. in here as well is that, okay, if you, uh, try to avoid the painful experience that God is calling you through to do what he's calling you to do. It's not like you're going to avoid pain. You're just going to experience it in a different kind of way. And, uh, in some ways, you know, it, even if you're going through a hard thing, knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do, that gives you a really sense of peace, right? And like tranquility, even in the midst of a storm. Um, I was thinking about the rich young ruler. You know, the rich young ruler, Jesus calls him because of course Jesus could see that this was an issue for him. So Jesus is pushing the button. And the issue is sell everything you have, give it to the poor and you come and follow me. Something he didn't call anybody else to do, but he called this man to do it because he knew that it was an issue for this man. And it says that he went away sad because he had great possessions. And here's a guy who is not willing to go through the painful process that God is calling him to go through. And as a result, he's still experiencing a sort of pain, right? Um, and, but, but that's a good example. And I'm sure that we could think of others, right? Paul, the apostle, going out to, to, on these missionary journeys, you know, facing things where he says in 2 Corinthians, it was so hard that I wanted to die. It was, it was so hard that I wanted to die. And yet it taught me to rely on God and not on myself. Yeah, I mean, the two come to my mind are, for me are Joseph and David, mainly because um, I think of the idea that they were in circumstances they didn't necessarily create. Mm. And what happens when you're in that painful thing that you didn't necessarily bring on yourself, but there's the option to tap out. You know, there's the option not to have integrity. There's the option not to be dependent on the Lord. There's, you know, there's the option just to kind of bow to it and like, okay, well, I'm just not going to push forward. And you think of Joseph, you know, just every step, you know, and he, of course, he can't see the future of where he's going to be, but you just kind of see him just walking with the Lord, making decisions in the moment, you know, as wisdom is, is given to him by the Lord and just, you know, as he makes those steps and, you know, finally gets to the place that God has called. You know, David, of course, you know, 20 plus years before he would see the kingdom. And I'm sure that was like, hey, I was anointed king. Like everybody knew what happened to David when Samuel dumped all that oil on his head. That was like, I'm sure the talk of the town, this is the next king in opposition to there's a king already on the mm -hmm. throne, you know. But at some point he could have tapped out and said, okay, fine, Saul. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to be king. But he continued through the caves, through the, you know, all the crazy people God sent for him to mentor and disciple, kept moving, st remaining with integrity, you know, to the point when he finally became the, the king that God had called him to be. So, you, you know, so those are the two characters that came to mind. And, and the, the word that comes to mind, I think, too, in this is the idea of wisdom, learning. You learn wisdom so that when you do get to that place that God has called you, you're prepared mm. for what that might be that God's called you to do. I think that's a great, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, and I think you can follow through the Psalms. Yeah. Uh, there's, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Psalm 107, but also in Psalm 119, uh, the longest Psalm in the Bible and the longest chapter in the Bible. But you can see this recurring theme that's found in the Psalms, which is that um, it was through hardship, trial, and difficulty that the psalmist grew to know things about God that he couldn't have learned otherwise. And in many ways, as much as we don't like those things, and I think rightly so, right? Like, I'm not saying that you should like 
hard things in your life. Um, I think that part of the, what we call eschatological hope of the gospel is the end of pain, right? And yet in this life, right, there are things that we learn about God and ourselves and life and wisdom that can't be attained in almost any other way. And, um, and so that's like we think about Hebrews 13, you know, don't despise the discipline of God. What is the discipline of God? Well, it's sometimes when God allows you to experience the consequence of your actions or he allows you to experience some kind of hardship or difficulty in order to train you and teach you. And it says there that if someone has a father who doesn't discipline them, then their father doesn't love them, right? And you have a loving father who allows you to go through these things, but he walks with you through the valley of the shadow of death. He holds your hand. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll go with you through the deep waters and all these things because he's leading you to something both to do inside of you and to do through you. That's a beautiful thing, you know, and it's a, it's a good thing. So it's a great quote from Pastor Ted on Sunday. Definitely something to to ruminate on and think about. Yeah, no, I know. I really, yeah, people were talking about that. The difference between, just I'll just say it again, the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be is the painful experience that you refuse to endure. And, and just, you know, one is a closing thought, you know, I think one other important thing was, was Jesus interaction at the end with, with Peter that, and, and the takeaway was that we're not all called to run the same race. And I, and of course he used, you know, Jim Elliott, who's of course martyred for the faith. There are those that are called to be martyred for the faith. Bill, Billy Graham, he was called to preach to millions. We're not all called to preach to millions, you know. And and then what about you? What are you called to, you know? And I think that was also an important lesson that we're all we're all marked for a different race, for different purposes, for God's glory. And what are we doing with what God has given us? I I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think this this lesson for me was came perfectly clear in in Lucy's interaction with Aslan. And I can't remember which book it was, but she asked the same question, like, what about Peter? Mm-hmm. And I remember reading this and, and it and I it was obvious a reference to this, but it became super clear in the in the idea of the story that you know you're called for this lucy and and you're not you know i'm not called and and uh, I, I just okay sometimes you just needed to be brought down to the level of a fifth grader you know yeah, yeah. to truly understand it that because we are jealous right yeah. hey what about john hey what about him why he's doing great things why but we don't know you know yeah. and i think that was that's an important lesson to be faithful to what God's, the path of what we're on, what God's doing, and to endure, you know, to, to you know, f- to the glory that he's the run, the race that he's called us to, you know. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Chronicles of Narnia? Uh, yeah, Chronicles yeah. of Narnia, yeah. Got it. So, yeah, no, I learned a lot of lessons from those books, even yeah. as an adult. I think I advise any adult who's never read the Chronicles of Narnia, there's so many, he does a massive job of bringing some very deep, you know, uh, theological ideas out you know, I mean, of course, the famous one is the beaver talking to Lucy, and she says, yeah. "Well, is he, is he safe? If he's safe, you mean?" I mean, I think that's just probably one of the most like jaw-dropping things. No, silly, you yeah. know, he's kind, but he's definitely not safe. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, good. thinking yeah. on the the sovereignty of God and how He's a consuming fire, but yet in Jesus Emmanuel, like. Boom, you know, those yeah. two two ideas come together. It's pretty, pretty amazing. So so that was extra credit. That was just all bonus content right there. <laughs> all you still watching with us. But uh, yeah, no, great, great message. Great message. Just uh, as part of our Easter, uh, Easter series. We have one more left, right? Yes. Yes, one more left. 
and we're going to be doing that on Sunday. So you want to be here with us, 9, 15, and 11. If you're in the Longmont area, I'd love to have you come and join us, 9, 15, and 11. And if you missed any of this content, uh, please, whitefieldschurch.com. Get over there, and you can download it, and we will see you again. God bless. <laughs>